Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. It's a Taste to Consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, the podcast of many tastes. We back for another episode. Let's go. Yes, indeed, we are back for another episode of Taste to Consider Podcast, the podcast of many tastes. We are back for another episode. Another week has ended. Another week is about to begin. Let's go. Dress it up and make it real for me. Whatever that fucking man. There's something in the sky for Spill a day to get my mind blown Dress it up and go to Nassau Two hundred miles on the dash Got a roller pound up a gas Switch the lanes in the Grand Rapids We the one that kept it cool With all these niggas till these niggas start acting Shoot a nigga like a film in a movie Nigga gone, let them have it We ballin' like the Marsh Magnus All this cops shoot a nigga tragic Say stick and sit a podcast. Let's go. Say sick and sit a podcast. Put your lanes in the Grand Rapids. We the one that kept it cool with all these niggas till these niggas start acting. Shoot a nigga like a film in a movie, nigga gone, let them have it. We ballin' like the Marsh Madness. All these cops shoot a nigga tragic. Only one that live in lavish. Like I'm playing for the Mavericks. I don't want it for the bitch that might have made me fuck her even though she average. Fuck on the basic bitch. We gon' wake up and smoke on some blood and fuck. She gon' keep it so real with her nigga. I'ma come back and always go for her Been the curve and the spread like a motor bus I was working the serving in Nautica I get high till I'm higher than Mercury Fuck about teach you that recipe Fuck around you Say sick and sit up podcast Let's go Sticking to the podcast. Let's go. Say, sticking to the podcast. 
Dirty something in the sky, bro. Spend a day to get my mind blown. Dress it up and go to Nassau. Yes, indeed. Taste to consider podcast. Yes, we are back for another episode. The podcast of many tastes. Back for another episode, indeed. Yes, indeed. We are back for another episode. Feels so good to be back for another episode. Yes. Starting a little late on this Saturday night, Saturday evening, Saturday night. But we are back, back for another episode, part two of the dating games, dating games, part one. I appreciate everybody who listened to it. I got an overwhelming, great response from that episode. And I appreciate everybody who hit me up, gave me feedback, all the people who responded to the clips that I posted on Instagram and stuff, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate all of that, you know what I'm saying? I was up in there getting that overwhelming response. I was hugging myself like I was Ray Charles. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, man. I enjoyed that episode, though. I really did. Um, I appreciate all the the people who uh, listened to the episode, who hit me up on social media, Actually had dialogue with me about the episode, you know what I'm saying? Good conversations about the episode. All the new subscribers on all of the platforms, particularly YouTube. I appreciate all the new subscribers on YouTube, you know. Um, appreciate all the people who taken the time to listen to the episode, um, who watched the episodes, who, subs- who subscribed to youtube and all the other platforms i appreciate that um yeah but we back for another episode let me start off by saying um since you know i've been being more uh intentional about putting the episodes on youtube and stuff um i've been having the feeling to do more with my youtube page so um Look out for some new content separate from uh, the podcast recordings, probably starting uh, next week. Um, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm pushing for. That's what um, I believe is going to happen. So look out for that new content. I will be posting that on on uh, social media, Instagram. Um, I pretty much just post a lot of stuff on Instagram. I post stuff on Twitter. The stuff I post on Instagram automatically goes to Facebook, but I don't ever get on Facebook, so. <clears throat> Excuse me, damn. First burp, seven minutes in the episode. Yeah, I don't really go on Facebook, so I don't, you know what I'm saying? Everything that I put on Instagram automatically goes on Facebook, so yeah. But. I appreciate all the people who interact with me, who listen to the shows, all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, But look out for that new content that I will be putting on YouTube, on my YouTube page, A Taste to Consider Podcast, on YouTube. And you can go on YouTube and search and just put in A Taste to Consider, and all my stuff will pop up, as well as the, the page, and you can subscribe. I'm on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon. Um, I believe that's it right now. 
Um, I should be on iHeartRadio soon. Um, yeah. But appreciate all the new followers. Uh, I have been getting new followers on Instagram lately because I've been I've been pushing the hell out of uh, my podcast lately, despite the uncomfortability of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the type of person who really likes a lot of attention and stuff like that. Um, I've talked about it plenty of times before in separate episodes, uh, but yeah, I'm pushing myself to, to be out there more, you know what I'm saying? Cause I just don't, you know what I'm saying? I got to promote myself. If, if nobody is going to promote you, you got to promote yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because these days, like I've been saying the past couple of episodes, popularity reigns. And if you ain't in the, in that that circle of whatever goes on in the in the celebrity world or the social media influencer world or whatever you are your biggest fan and i'm my biggest fan and i post every day two three four times a day every week whatever episode i record so i'm pushing it heavy 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 a taste to consider podcast on instagram also my uh my main page on Instagram pretty much is um, I kind of like I focus more of my energy on my main page because that's where I have the majority of my followers. But I post pretty much a lot of the same things from my podcast page, from my uh, greatest.i.am.blog page, my mental health blog page, as well as my a taste to consider page on Instagram where I sell my merchandise right now. I got one of the shirts on from, uh, my brain. I got a, right now I got the red and white take a taste to consider t-shirt on. So, um, a taste to consider.com. Um, you'll find, all of the merchandise that I have on there, therapy and hill shirts, as well as the a taste to consider shirts. I will be having some more stuff coming soon since we're getting a little bit uh since we're getting into the summer, spring and summer months. So I'll be having some more shirts and stuff like that up on there. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying I'm pushing myself even more. You know what I'm saying? Push, push, push. Cause you know what I'm saying, I got nothing but time <laughs> these days. But, um, yeah, like I said, appreciate all of the uh res- the dialogue, the conversations, the response from the last episode, Dating Games Part 1. This is Dating Games Part 2. <laughs> so, continuing on the last episode, it's, it's funny because I started last episode off with a story, a parking space story. Um in my neighborhood and (laughs) to my surprise that story is repeating itself this week but i'm not the one affected this week well let me start off with my cigar and my drink first uh what i'm smoking this episode is a rocky patel edge maduro cigar and I'm drinking the same thing I was drinking on the last episode. I didn't have time to go pick up anything new, so I'm just drinking the last uh, thing that I was I had for the last episode. And that's the Long Branch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Um, 
the cigar is, is real good. It's not too strong. Um, got a good pull to it. A good cigar. Taking a couple of puffs. And it goes well with the uh, bourbon whiskey. So that's a good thing. Um, it balances out the uh, because the bourbon whiskey can be a little uh, strong um, if you're just drinking it alone. But with the uh, cigar, it kind of balances itself out. They both balance each other out. So that's a good thing. So back to the parking lot story. So this week, my neighbor. Um, so last week. Um, I told y'all how my neighbor parked in my parking space and it was a, a space that was directly beside me. So I wasn't really tripping like that. But after he stayed in my space for the whole weekend, he didn't come out his house the whole weekend until Monday. And I was able to have my space again. <laughs> so uh, Sunday night, I happened to go out and get something to eat. And I just said, man, fuck it. I'm going to put a note on this on this dude's car and let him know what his parking space is. So I put on there, you know what I'm saying, friendly reminder, your parking space is such and such number. Thanks. So I saw when he left out that Monday morning to go to work, and I saw him take the note off his uh, windshield. So obviously he looked at it. So when he came home that Monday evening <laughs> – let me tell you what this Bama did, man. I'm already in my parking space because I'm still working from home. The only time I went out that day was when I went to the gym and came back. So I was already in my parking space. So he already has a reference point of what his parking space is. It is right beside mine. So my parking space is 39-5. His parking space is 39-4. That's what I put on the note on his windshield. So... This Bama comes home, and he parks in 39-3 in the neighbor's parking space that's directly beside his. <laughs> so I'm sitting here just rolling. I'm laughing. So his neighbor parks in his space right beside me. So I'm like, what is wrong with this dude, man? So fast forward to Friday evening. Friday evening, I'm already in my space because the only time I left the house on Friday was when I went to the gym and I came back and worked. So Friday evening, he usually comes around. He he comes home around the same time that I log off of my uh, computer around like five o'clock, between five and six o'clock. So he came home, right? This Bama parked right in that same spot again, his neighbor's spot, 39-3. So I can hear when he in the house. So our townhouses are a little bit, you know what I'm saying, older. So the walls are thin. And <laughs> I'm hearing him, you know what I'm saying, moving about his townhouse because at that moment I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have the TV on or the music on. I was just um, chilling in silence. So I can hear him going throughout his townhouse a little bit, like when he in his kitchen and stuff like that or going up the stairs. So... <laughs> This Bama, he eventually comes out his his uh his townhouse, and when he comes out his townhouse, automatically my uh, ring app alerts me because um his front porch is that close to my front porch 
where the the sensors on the ring app can detect them. So he comes out and I'm seeing him come out. This Bama got luggage with him, right? He got luggage with him and he doing stuff in his car. So I'm thinking like, you know what I'm saying? He just moving quick and maybe he didn't pay attention to the wrong parking space. Despite the fact that my car is parked in my space and he has a reference point of what his space is. So eventually a Uber pulls up and I can tell it's an Uber because they got the little decals on the car. This man puts his luggage in that Uber, <laughs> gets in the Uber and drives off, leave his car in his neighbor's in his other neighbor's parking space. <laughs> and I'm just rolling. I'm like, dude, how can you be so unaware of your surroundings, your parking space and stuff where you actually parked in somebody else's space, you leaving for however long you leaving and you in your car there. Granted, like I said on the last episode, it ain't a big deal, you know what I'm saying? Technically, it's not a big deal for the simple fact that, you know what I'm saying, the parking space is right beside. So his neighbor got to actually park in in his space and his car is directly in front of his house, his townhouse. So I'm sure that's not a big deal to his neighbor, his other neighbor. But my my whole thing is, you know what I'm saying, paying attention to the small details, paying attention to the small details. And this dude don't pay attention to the small details. All this Bama care about from the moment that he moved in back in November is his inflatable um jacuzzi that he got in his backyard <laughs> that's the only details that i've seen him care about since he moved in <laughs> oh man but we're gonna get into the next part of this episode so i'm gonna get into i'm gonna start off the episode basically with the blackity black woke segment so let me pull up my phone and look at these um, topics. So, blackity black woke segment. We all know everything that's been going on with the with the um, the juice and the disease. You should know what I'm talking about. So, a lot of articles have been coming out lately period since all of this stuff has been going on the past two years people was going on all these quote-unquote conspiracy theories and you know what i'm saying i'm included in that quote-unquote conspiracy theorist lane but i ran across a couple of articles this article says can social media influencers change vaccine skeptics minds so this article is basically talking about how the White House has been getting these social media influencers to push people to get the juice. <laughs> Shit is crazy. Then the next article I came across was White House briefs, TikTok creators on Ukraine. That's the title that they've using. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to sweeten it up to make it seem like they're trying to give them information, the correct information to push out to the people in, you know what I'm saying, in, in the United States. But we all, I ain't going to say all, because some people just 
just going to be where they at. And no judgment here. But we all know that, well, let me stop saying all, but some of us know that what basically what they doing is trying to push narratives and push it, push their agendas and stuff in order to have people look at this conflict or this war or whatever you want to call it in their own way. You know what I'm saying? They want people to be in support of what's going on on the Ukraine side. But like I said on the last episode, you know what I'm saying? Everything ain't black and white. The gray area is where all the truth is. What You know what I'm saying? Like that, that cliche saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. And what the smoke look like is gray. <laughs> and the gray area is always much bigger than black and white. Next article I came across, similar to the last one, says White House briefs social media influences on Ukraine crisis. So you see that the government is using these social media influences to push their narrative. It ain't about the truth. It's about pushing their narrative. And that's exactly what they're doing. And I wish everybody would understand what's going on. We just cannot trust our own government. We can't. And there's been plenty of examples of this throughout time. I mean, from the moment that this government has been put in place on this exact land that we're putting our feet on, we can't trust this government. But, hey, it is what it is. No judgment. So, moving along to the gas stuff, you know what I'm saying? We got all this stuff going on on our side. What was interesting, you know what I'm saying, all the gas prices is going up and stuff. But come to find out this past week that just passed, oil prices went down. So when oil prices are down, what's supposed to happen? Gas prices supposed to come down, right? So why are gas prices even going up? We've been told by our own government that they're going up because of Russia, because of Vladimir Putin. <laughs> but these gas prices was going up before all of this started, right? I'm just trying to point that out to you. Like I said, this is a podcast of many tastes. So, oil prices are less than $100 a barrel. But what's going on at the pump? That's the title, right? What was interesting when I uh, dug more deeper into that topic and stuff is um, what I found out was that usually when gas stations, uh, when when gas stations buy gas, right, and the price the the price of oil is at a certain amount, so they're buying the gas, they're buying. They're paying for the oil at the price that it is set at. So if the if the price is set at a hundred dollars or whatever, you know what I'm saying? They buy the oil that is produced excuse me, burp number two, that is produced into gas. They buy up all that oil to last them until when that so whenever it runs out, right? So even though the gas the oil prices went down the week later. 
the gas prices ain't going to go down right when the oil prices go down. Because once the gas stations buy the oil at a certain price, they still want to make their profit. So they're going to keep charging that high price until they get rid of all the oil that they bought when the oil prices was at $100. So when the oil prices go down at $95, they're not just going to automatically just put the oil price, you know, change the gas prices. They're going to wait till they get rid of all that oil that they paid for at $100. And then when they buy the oil at $95, that's when the gas prices are going to go down. So that's something interesting that, you know what I'm saying, I found out when I did more research on the topic. But all this is still some bullshit. <laughs> I talked about last episode how the government, our government, the United States government is giving all this money to Ukraine, right? And giving no money to the people over here that are struggling with rent. It, because despite what, you know what I'm saying, um, what we are being told, people are still getting evicted. People are still having trouble paying for rent. People are still having trouble paying for groceries, et cetera, et cetera. And we know about all the stimulus packages that we received in the past two years, what we received when Trump was in office and what we received when Biden was, was in office. But we ain't really getting no help. We Particularly with the black community, all the promises that was made to the black community, we ain't seen none of that. They talking about with like reparations, they got to do a study on it. So it's taking months, years for all of this to happen. This study for reparations or just the United States citizens, period, getting more relief from our government. We can't get that. You know what I'm saying? They got to think about it. They got to see where it fits into the budget. But they popping out They popping out money and dollars for Ukraine like it ain't nothing. They doing it within days. You know what I'm saying? Last episode, I talked about the $13.6 million that they giving to Ukraine. Now Biden is announcing another $1 billion in new military aid to Ukraine. So this is what I'm talking about. We got to stop falling for this bullshit that this, these politicians are giving us from both sides. You know what I'm saying? I talk about it plenty of times. I I used to be a, a registered Democrat. I canceled that shit. I canceled that shit once Obama, Obama was in office and I saw how things went. I ain't falling for that symbolism no more. I ain't falling for these... You know what I'm saying? These promises and all that other stuff. I'm a registered independent. You know what I'm saying? Because these politicians, they not they don't care about us. They care about the people who are sponsoring them, the big business people, the people that their friends that they making money for with all of this. Hey, like Pac said, they got money for war but can't feed the poor. We got homeless people out here. Flint, Michigan still got the dirty water. Black people deserve re reparations, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and it's crazy that, like, so many people are still falling for it. Like, I've seen so many people still defending Biden and stuff. This shit is crazy, man. That cognit cognitive dissonance is strong, boy. That brainwashing is strong. That mental illness is strong. 
I mean, we just got to be honest. That shit is mental illness, the way that they controlling this. <laughs> Moving along. One, this last topic for the Blackly Black Woke segment is just is just outrageous to me. But it ain't nothing new that I haven't talked about before since all of this stuff with the disease and the juice has been going on. So Kyrie Irving, you know what I'm saying, everybody should know about, you know, he can't play in New York because of whatever. I don't know. At this point, I don't even know anymore. He can go to the games and sit there and watch the game, but he can't play in the games in New York. He can't play in none of the home games. He can't step on the basketball court and play in the home games, but he can go now and watch as a spectator. He can play all the away games. So recently he went to one of the home games and Kyrie Irving is unvaccinated. The uh, (laughs) Brooklyn Nets got fined $50,000 because Kyrie went into the team's locker room. Right? He's allowed to go watch the game in the Brooklyn Nets arena. But he can't go into the locker room or step on the court. And the Brooklyn Nets were fined $50,000 for him going into the locker room. This shit is asinine, man. This shit is fucking asinine. This shit is retarded. And I don't want to use that word, but I'm using it because this shit is just outrageous. This shit is just crazy. What is... What is <laughs> People are going to continue to be sheep, man. We're going to continue to let these small amount of people program us, use us. And we we outnumber them. We outnumber them. The only thing that they have over us is the money and the control. I'm dropping ash on me and shit. Got to relight my cigar. Yeah, but... This shit is crazy. You see the the ass the ass backwards shit that goes that's been going on in the past two years. This shit don't even be making sense, man. And this just shows how they just basically trying to control us. They making money and trying to control us. And we straight letting them. Yeah. Oh, man. I think that's it of the blackity black woke segment. So let me jump into movies and TVs. I got a couple of things. I didn't watch that much this week. Um, I was kind of busy with trying to uh, put together some of this new new uh, these new projects that I want to get into, but um, I happened to watch a movie on Netflix that was on my list for a while. It came out in 2020, and it's called, um, what is it called? It's called The 40-Year-Old Version. Not virgin as in somebody who hasn't had sex yet, but version, V-E-R-S-I-O-N. The 40-Year-Old Version. And it 
was a very good movie, and I, I'm and um, I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. It's on Netflix, and it's a it's basically they they say it's a musical. I see why they say it's a musical, but it's not like a musical musical. It's not like a um, Dreamgirls type Joan or those other musicals where it's music every five seconds. Because I can't stand musicals where they playing music every five seconds. But um, it's considered a, a drama and a comedy as well. And uh, it's called The 40-Year-Old Version. It's two hours, nine minutes long. A real good movie. And um, let me pull up the uh, let me pull up the director of it, cause the director of the movie, she's also the star of the movie. Um, it it got ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's how good it is. It's really a good movie. The uh, synopsis of the movie it says a down on her luck playwright thinks the only way she can salvage her voice as an artist is to become a rapper at 40 years old. The director is Rada Blank. She's an actual rapper. She's the star of the movie. And she's like an underground type rapper. Um, but yeah, she can rap. She's good. <laughs> and. It's really a good movie. You can definitely tell that is um she was heavily influenced by Spike Lee um based off of how the movie was directed. But um it's definitely a very good movie and I recommend everybody to check it out. You know what I'm saying? If you into hip hop, if you into comedy and drama, it it's a it's a very good movie. I was I was honestly surprised at how good it was. Like, I've been trying to clean out my uh, Netflix list. And, um, yeah, it was a good movie. So, I recommend it. <laughs> so, uh, what else? It's a new show that I started watching. I forgot what network it's on. It's on one of, those, it's, it's on one of the network apps. But it's called From. F-R-O-M. It's called From. It's uh, like a thriller slash horror type movie. Um, it reminds me of Lost. It got like a Lost feel to it. If you watch uh, Lost back in the day, that's the type of uh, feel it got to me. It's on the Epics app. It's on the Epics network. And let me see. The, the synopsis of it says, The residents of a small town search for a way out when unknown forces keep them from leaving. It, uh, the star of the show is um, Harold Perrineau. He's the guy from The Best Man. And um, what else he playing on? I forgot. He playing on a few stuff. He playing on a lot of stuff. But um, he the dude from Best Man, the dude with the dreads and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's a real good show. Uh, so far, it's in the first season. Um, it's not finished yet. But um, the season is not finished yet. I think it's like in episode six right now. I think it's this first season. It got like 10, 10 episodes. But, yeah, so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. To me, it's not it's not really scary. 
because stuff just don't scurry movies and TV shows just don't scare me no <laughs> scare me no more since I was a kid. So yeah, but it it definitely has a loss element to it as well as like a some type of supernatural horror type vibe to it. But it's a it's a good show so far. Um, what else? I think it was last month, either February, or January. I watched this documentary on on uh Prime, Amazon Prime, and it was called Fat Tuesdays. It was a docu series. I it got it's only three episodes. It's a docu series, and it's called Fat Tuesdays. And I really enjoyed this docu series because it was about um Guy Tory. If you know who Guy Tory is, he's the brother of Joe Tory. Both of them are comedians. But Guy Tory, he um started a a comedy night at one of the premier comedy clubs in Los Angeles, California. It's called Fat Tuesdays: The Era of Hip Hop Comedy, and it got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It says, delving into the history of Guy Tory's Fat Tuesdays, an all-black comedy night at the Comedy Store in 90s Los Angeles. And it was a good documentary because of, like, it gave so many black comedians opportunities. And the fact that Guy Tory started it, and I never knew, you know what I'm saying, he started this uh this black comedy night, but he he uh gave a lot of black comedians their start and their, you know what I'm saying, their um he catapulted catapulted a lot of their careers by having them come and perform that night and being seen by like um agents and producers and stuff of movies and stuff like that. It's a real, real good documentary. And like I uh, said in the synopsis, it was during like the 90s when hip hop, like the golden, was considered the golden era of hip hop. So it's they talked about a lot of the influences of the hip hop and uh, um, the comedy um, communities coming together during that time. And, you know, what I'm saying all the people who who uh they they got their careers started in that you know what I'm saying in that moment in that in that time of the fat tuesdays at the comedy store and and then the fact that that one of the things that I found interesting was the comedy store was supposed to be so famous for you know comedians period but fat that night fat tuesday night kept the comedy store in business kept it going so even outside of the black comedians on the on the Tuesday nights, a lot of those, you know what I'm saying, white comedians and comedians that weren't black owe a lot of their careers to Guy Tory for keeping the comedy store open. <laughs> but it was a good doc. It's only three episodes. It's on it's on Amazon Prime. So um it's definitely another thumbs up for me another good one give it a taste <laughs> but uh last and not least this wasn't on the list but it's relevant at the moment uh top boy if anybody is uh familiar with top boy on netflix it's a uh it's a show 
It's a series on Netflix. Um, let me pull up the synopsis. I want to make sure I give y'all all the accurate information. But the second season of it has come on Netflix. This is considered the second season, but it actually has four seasons. It has like the other two seasons were like kind of spinoffs, but they're relevant to the other two seasons, if that makes sense. But you don't necessarily have to watch the spinoffs in order to watch the first two seasons of Top Boy. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's, it makes sense, but then it don't make sense. So, like, I, I, what my recommendation is, go on Netflix, go to the search, type in Top Boy, and all, all four of them will come up. And just watch them. Oh, based off of the date of, you know what I'm saying, creation. <laughs> but the second season of of Top Boy just came out uh, yesterday, Friday, on Netflix. And this show got a 95% Rotten Tomatoes rating. This show is good as hell. Uh, the synopsis says, The drama takes viewers into the housing estates of East London. There is tension between the drug gangs that operate almost openly and those who strive to live honest lives against the odds in the crime-riddled area. The tension is explored through the interlocking stories of 20-something drug dealer Duchesne, who is determined to become the area's top boy, and good-natured but vulnerable teenager Ronell, who is forced to grow up quickly following his mother's breakdown and enforced absence. The program combines elements of a tense gangster thriller with subtle social realism, some tenderness, innocence, and wiry humor. It's a good, it's a good ass show. Like I said, it's a British show. From the synopsis, it's a British show, but um, it's also a black show. But it's a very good show. Um, I haven't started season two yet. I'll start it tonight after I finish recording and doing. Uh, editing but yeah check it out that's it for the um movie and tv segment now let's move on on into the meat of the show the meat of the show yes indeed yeah this this show probably gonna go over two hours right here I can already see that now unless I break something down and put it in uh, part three. I might do that depending on the feel and the flow of the uh, the show. So, I'm going to start off with this clip right here. It don't necessarily have anything to do with dating, but... It was something that came up this week on social media that I thought was relevant to talk about. You know, um, like I said, this part, this is the podcast of many tastes. I talk about everything. Um, I give you a multitude of taste, taste being the topics. But um, I do talk a lot about mental health stuff. So we're going to get to a mental health topic to start off. 
And this clip comes from another podcast. I forgot the name of the podcast, uh, but it's Michael Beasley. He's a NBA player. And it's a three-minute clip, and I thought it was relevant. And we're going to talk about it after I play it. So here we go. Only the house. I play basketball, and I go home. I don't care what y'all do no more. Like, all I care about is playing basketball all day. I go home. And I try to talk to my kids as much as I can. I don't see them as much as I can because I'm not traveling as much no more. I don't know what to expect when I leave this house no more. I, they, you know what I'm saying? I don't talk to nobody. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I've reached out and I've reached out and I've reached out and I've reached out and I've reached out so more that I, I got I to gotta die with some kind of, some kind of dignity. Me, that's not sustainable. Like, you too young, bro. That's not sustainable, bro. You can still play ball. So you That's not me? sustainable. So, so, so I can come up here and I can tell you somebody else's life, and I'm willing to do it. Oh, I'm going to turn my head backward. I'm going to put a smile on for you, and I'm going to, like, bro, I'm going to you. don't got to put nothing on for me. So like, or, yeah. or I can just sit back and I'm going to tell you what it is. Like, I, I'm not, I, like, like, I know that's not sustainable, but at the same time, like, what? Bees, none of us can go do out. it. None of us can do go it alone, bro. Reach out. Go out. You go, have hold to change, time, time. go out. Change the narrative. Go out with. Go out. Talk to people. Interact with people. Like, bro, real talk. I'll call us out. Us three, bro. You be in Miami. Hey, y'all party. I don't party, bro. I no, don't, no, no. I don't. We don't party, bro. I'm talking about. You have kids. I have kids. Come to my house. We can get bounce houses for the kids. We can sit back on the porch, drink a couple beers, drink some wine, hang out. Like, bro, that's not a normal, successful man's life to sit up in the house like that. Like, you got to find good people. And us three can be good people. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, it's not, that, that's I, like, not like, sustainable, Like, like no bro. disrespect to what y'all got going on. I've been trying to find good people for so long. I'm tired, bro. I, I would say I'm this. It's, it's it's a 100%, bro. Like, it's it's like, so okay to be tired, like, though. I got... You know what I'm saying? You ain't got nothing left. You ain't got nothing left to give I'll people. tell you this, bro. I'll be it. Like, whatever you need, dog. Like, if you just want to talk, like, I, I for sure can't hoop with you. I'll go out there and pass that hoe. Like, what we're saying is, bro, like, we want to be those people. Bringing you here wasn't about this. I wanted to talk basketball and hoops. But, dog, folks love you, dog. Nobody want to see you go through this. I got me a Beasley jersey at the motherfucking house because I was down here when he got drafted. I think the thing is, man, like so many times as black men, we are asked because of talent to carry everybody. We are not made to carry everybody. Black women are asked to carry everybody. They are not made to carry everybody. Dog, it takes a fucking village, bro. And at some point, you got to have somebody who don't need shit from you, who don't want shit from you, who want to see you win, man. Like, we don't, we don't do this for us. Yeah. That was the end of the clip. Um, it was just a small clip from the episode. I haven't finished watching the episode yet, but that clip um, hit me. Uh, hit me. It hit me. <laughs> Um, I resonated with it. Um, when I first uh, saw the clip, um, some tears uh, just came out my eyes. They just flew, just flowed right down my face, came out my eyes, flowed down my face. And it wasn't a thing that I was in an intense moment where I was crying or I felt this 
the sadness or anything like that. But the tears just started flowing down my face because I understood where he was coming from. Even when I saw him in the midst of the other guys talking and he started, tears just started flowing out his eyes as well. I get it. I understand exactly where he's coming from with this clip. I mean, I lived it for years. I've talked about plenty of times on this podcast about my battle, my struggle, my difficulties with depression and anxiety and how I grew up to live my life alone. I grew up to not have a support system and I grew up that way from a young age to the point where I got to be an adult that it became a habit. So I get what he was saying about, like, I talk about it all the time on this podcast, how I'm always by myself. I'm always alone. I'm always in the house by myself. I did a whole episode on on this. I am not okay. Right before I took a break during season three, before this season, season four, that was one of the episodes, I am not okay. Because I was in an intense deep moment where I was just tired I was tired I didn't have nobody nobody was a I didn't feel that I could I could go to anybody I didn't feel like nobody is there like I was just totally overwhelmed and I have been conditioned to be by myself like my whole life like Right before the pandemic happened, me and my therapist, uh, at that that time I was seeing a a black woman therapist. And what we were working on was me being more uh, open, going out more, uh, interacting with my surroundings, interacting with people more and stuff like that. And... You know what I'm saying? That was a lot of my homework. That's that's what I was doing. And then the pandemic hit. So it was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? All this work that I put in and then everything shut down. And I was just at a standstill again. I was right back in my element of doing what I'm used to, being by myself. I was in the house all the time working, you know what I'm saying? For two years straight working, ain't have no, ain't really have nobody there for me, Um like even in that clip Michael Beasley was talking about he was trying to find people and I've been the same way out I prayed I've prayed about this I wrote about this in in my journals and all that other stuff to find people who are actually going to be there for me and you know what I'm saying that I can be there for without conditions you know what I'm saying and it wasn't no things of no type of backstabbing or jealousies or uh another person or even me worrying about an outcome of something happening in order to to give somebody my care and concern or love and stuff like that and like even even when I took the break even when I was finished with season three and up until starting season four I got overwhelmed again I'm sitting here thinking like I've been putting all this work, going to therapy, doing this and doing that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
building myself up, putting myself out there more with the podcast and, you know what I'm saying, you know, just just working through things that I've learned through therapy, through the, like, and since I've been going to therapy, I've seen five different therapists, you know what I'm saying? The longest therapist that I've been with was the black woman therapist. But during that period from, I believe it was like July all the way to shit pretty much now like i'm i'm pretty much coming out of that that overwhelmness <laughs> to the point where i was able to actually have the energy to start recording again and it's like i'm back in the same place i you know what i'm saying i'm still trying to work through all of this of not really having nobody there for me and not really having nobody to talk to and and it's all good to have people say, you know what I'm saying, I'm here for you and stuff like that. But it's not just that easy for a person to be like, well, I'm here for you. You know what I'm saying? You can come talk to me and, you know what I'm saying, you can come hang out with me and stuff like that. It's not always that easy because, like I said, when you start building up these habits and physical habits – as well as these mental habits. And when I'm saying these mental habits, I'm talking about where you get these uh, perspectives or these perceptions in your mind where you got to be wary of worrying about this person, if you can actually trust them or if you worried about them actually abandoning you or rejecting you and stuff like that. So I get it. And like this, this clip resonated with me and this is, and it's something that, is recognizable in a lot of black men. It really is. It's, and <laughs> it's difficult because, like, like I said plenty of times before, I get people hitting me up all the time, um, you know, uh, thanking me and stuff like that by speaking out and telling my story, my experiences and stuff like that. I'm not the only one. Um, but yeah, it is, that is extremely difficult. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even when I was, uh, playing the clip for the show right now, um, I started the, some, I felt like my eyes was watering up because I'm just like, damn, like, I'm not the only one like this, this, this is real. Like it's, It's tiring to be by yourself all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not something that I'm asking for that I'm purposely purposely doing. But yeah. Um it's just about finding your finding your tribe. Like like I said in that clip, you know what I'm saying? It really does take a village. But you know what I'm saying? Everybody is not on that page and you can't always count on everybody the same way, but um by by nature um naturally i'm an optimistic person despite you know what i'm saying my past struggles with depression and my past struggles with anxiety i still you know what i'm saying have difficulties with certain uh uh moments of anxiety and stuff like that particularly like social anxiety um but like I've talked about, once you get into a certain mode of working on yourself and doing certain things and stuff like that, 
um, you gotta work on those habits. And you know what I'm saying? I'm still in the in that sense of working on my habits and stuff like that. And I'm optimistic, you know what I'm saying? I'm optimistic even though I'm 40 years old and you know what I'm saying? I still spend a lot of my time alone. <laughs> I'm optimistic that I'll find that, you know what I'm saying, my tribe, uh, my tribe and group of people that I can, you know what I'm saying, count on without conditions and all that other stuff yeah <laughs> but i wanted to usually like i said i wait and hold on to to clips or whatever until certain you know what i'm saying to the collective people on social media and stuff react to it but i felt like this one was too important to just sit back and wait but let's get into the other topics um yeah, let me see. Let me save that clip. Uh, so, getting into the dating games. Dating games part two. Dating games part two. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start off with a clip. Start off with this clip, and then we're going we gonna to rock. We're going to get into all of this, to this dating games. <laughs> so let me pull this clip up and let's go. Men and women need to get comfortable with the idea of saying, I need people. I need someone. I thought it was a compliment to say, I don't need you, but I want you. But when you're talking to another human being with feelings and emotions, that doesn't feel good to hear. I don't need you. Well, we're human beings and that is how we are built. We are social creatures. We are built to be around people. We are built to form and cohabitate and love and all of that. So it's time that we embrace that idea. It's okay to need people. We need people. <laughs> What's funny about this clip was because like I told you, um, me being in therapy and when I was, uh, going to therapy with, uh, the black, uh, woman therapist, this is something she used to say to me all the time. When I used to, when we used to have conversations about all the time that I was spending alone and stuff like that and didn't really have a support system in place, whether family or friends. And I used to always you know, basically put on this facade of, you know, me saying, you know what I'm saying, I'm cool with being alone or whatever. I'm used to it. That's that's that that was basically my thing. You know what I'm saying? I used to, I mean I still say it to this day. I'm used to being alone. So it it is what it is. It's whatever. And I play a role in it, obviously. Obviously I play a role in it. And Obviously, I haven't found that that support system that or that support system or support group that, you know, what I'm saying actually is the best for me. So that's the whole thing of me. You know, what I'm saying that right before the pandemic and the work that we were doing together and me 
getting out more and doing certain things and, you know what I'm saying, kind of just being more social and stuff like that. And it was working. I mean, it it honestly has worked because um, a lot of things are different to this day, even despite the pandemic. But she used to say that to me all the time. She was like, <laughs> she used to always say, Derek, you're human. People need each other. Even uh, the therapist I had after her, it was a black male therapist. He's an older gentleman. And he used to say the same thing to me all the time. And he would laugh at me when he would say, he was like, he was like, I to, he was like, you need people. He was like, it's okay for, you know what I'm saying? We need each other. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're social creatures. You know what I'm saying? This is what we're here to be on. You know what I'm saying? They was both saying the same thing to me. So I talked about it on last podcast, you know, how, you know, you, you be in certain situations where people be like, I don't need this. I don't need this nigga. I don't need I don't need her and all this other stuff. But we need each other. We our pride and egos get in the way of actually, you know, what I'm saying getting the things that we need. And, you know, what I'm saying I'm an example, just like everybody else. Um, So I thought that clip was relevant because it's always, you know, what I'm saying that's something that's always pushed on social media or whatever, how people just act like they don't need each other, particularly in re- in uh, relationships or partnerships, whatever you want to call it. Y'all know how I feel about those those terms, but yeah. And it, it brought me to uh, a quote that I heard um, from Nikki Giovanni that I made sure that I wrote down. And she said, the world is not a pleasant place to be without someone to hold and be held by. I mean, hey, it it is true. Like, you know what I'm saying? I I cannot sit here and make it seem like I do enjoy my alone time and, you know what I'm saying, my, my solitude moments. But it ain't it's not it's not ideal just like on the clip with michael beasley this shit ain't sustainable it's like you can't you can't expect to be successful in life with with whatever path you want to take and not actually need somebody you know what i'm saying have somebody help you or anything like that (laughs) but um what else So it's another post that I came across that um, spoke to this. It says, normalize needing your significant other if you got one. We get so used to screaming, quote, I don't need you, end quote, during or after an argument. But let me tell you something, and it's going to go over a lot of y'all head, but I need my partner. And when I say that, I don't mean financially, but for peace. When I feel like the world is against me and I need someone to talk to, when I'm lacking in something, I need mine for support. I'm already happy, but that's my happier place. My partner keeps me sane. It's beyond needing someone for money or what they have because I can do for myself, but y'all don't feel me, though. And this was uh, a, a woman wrote this, a black woman wrote this post. But yeah. 
it's just this continuous, you know what I'm saying? And this is not like I didn't go searching for this stuff. Like this is like I always say when when I'm aligned, when everything is just working, if I'm not forcing anything and all that other stuff, this this stuff just be coming. Is it, the stuff come to me and it just come together. I, I I put it together after I accumulate all of these posts and these tweets and videos and all that other stuff. But yeah, it's a continuous thing. So moving along, getting away from that for a second, and I came across this other post that I thought was interesting, and it 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 took me. Like, I had to sit with it for a while because I'm just sitting here just like, am I reading this wrong? Am I understanding this wrong? Am I comprehending this wrong? But it was just something about it that I under I kind of understood what was being said, but it didn't make sense, and it just didn't, it didn't feel right to me. So let me take a puff real quick, and I'll read it. So the post says, in dating, like in life, keep your standards high, but your expectations low. Set the bar high for what you're looking for, knowing that many people will fall short. This strategy will avoid a lot of necessary disappointment. I'm going to read this again. In dating, like in life. Keep your standards high, but your expectations low. Set the bar high for what you're looking for, knowing that many people will fall short. This strategy will avoid a lot of necessary disappointment. So when I first read this post, I was like, I, I kind of get it. But then I was just like, nah, something ain't right about this post. Something ain't right. So I just had to keep looking at it. And I had to keep reading it. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it's a, a guy wrote this. He's he's a, supposed to be a love coach. So keep your standards high, but your expectations low. Okay, I, I, I can kind of get that. You can have your standards or whatever, uh, you know what I'm saying, your standards, your preferences or whatever you want to call it. But then when you get to the part where it says, but your expectations low. It's kind of like you setting yourself up for failure either way. Even though you're trying to keep your standards high. So it's kind of like it's contra it's like a contradiction there for me. Like I haven't figured it out. Like, and this is where I kind of like have issues with social media and these and a lot of influencers and stuff like that. Like I like I've said plenty of times, I'm no mental health professional. I'm no self-proclaimed self-proclaimed love coach or whatever. I'm just a dude that's talking about my experiences. And I just kind of feel like this is a contradiction. So the second part of it says set the bar high for what you're looking for. Knowing that many people will fall short. Okay, I can I can understand it to a, to a degree. I understand it. You have your preferences. I think that he should have just worded it differently because I I just feel like 
you know, all these people be caught up into the cliche of action, speak louder than words, but words are just important. All of it is is important. The thought, the words, the actions are all important. They all align to each other. Everything starts from the mental. It can go to the words and then go to the action. So they they all align together. But I kind of feel like he just should have worded it different. Like maybe if you would have said, you know, something like, figure out what your standards are or what your preferences are and 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 understand and realize that everybody won't be able to meet that you know what i'm saying but when when you when you keep it so general of saying keep your standards high i'm just going to be honest there's a lot of people out here that aren't individuals and don't think for themselves and whatever standards they they have are not really their standards they based off of something that they've been told by their mother or father or somebody else in their lives or what they picked up off of social media or what was programmed into them or whatever you know what i'm saying so i feel like the wording was just just off people people a lot of people out here don't actually know who they are as an individual who are who they are authentically so their standards is basically something that's not them so like i talked about on the last episode you can a lot of the things that you pick up are just things that you've seen you've learned or whatever and it's not really you so yeah i just wish i wish this was worded differently because obviously this dude has a following and this is what i talk about with the popularity shit the influencer stuff like people just people it's easy for people to jump to stuff because it's it's popular it's coming from a popular person and it's just really no critical thinking there. There's no authenticity there. There's no individualism there. You see a person that's quote unquote successful financially or materially or just a celebrity or popular or something. So you feel that, you know what I'm saying, that every word that comes out of their mouth is Bible. And it just isn't. So I kind of... I kind of like had a problem with that post, but I just feel like in dating, you need to figure out who you are as a person, what you like, what your preferences are or standards, whatever words you want to use. And then go from there. But moving along, let me see where I'm at now. Came across another post. And these next uh, couple of posts uh, all align with each other. But this one's from a black woman. She says, um, y'all be loving money, not the guy you with or who he really is. Rarely do I see tweets about a man's actual personality and character being a reason you love them. Loving the things a person can provide for you isn't love. And I get it. 
it, it's cool to have, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not the one to sit here and say that money don't matter. Money is relevant in, in life, in um, relationships and all that. But it's not supposed to be the the end all, the what's the term? The end all, be all, the be all, end all, whatever the term is. I can't think of it right now. There's so much stuff going on in my head right now while I'm reading these posts. But yeah, you're not supposed to make, your foundation not supposed to be on what, you know what I'm saying, the person can do for you or how much money they have and stuff like that. But I understand, I, I get it. I get how people can be blinded by it and how you feel good in the moment uh, being a woman and a guy got this certain amount of resources financially and stuff like that and he's able to do certain things and, and stuff. That'll feel, you know what I'm saying, that feels good. You know what I'm saying? It's good to not have certain limitations financially. I get it. I get it. But what does it really matter if you ain't really feeling the dude? But it's like a lot of women out here, and and this is just from my, my point of view, my experiences and stuff like that. A lot of women, they will bypass a guy's personality, their attractiveness to the guy, the guy's looks, um, his character, how he treats other women, how he treats his mother, whether he's taking care of his kids, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> they will bypass all of that as long as they getting something from him. You know what I'm saying? Or they're able to live comfortably based off of him or they getting something. You know what I'm saying? And I'm this is not all women. Of course, I know that. It's not all women, but it's a theme. Let's be honest. It's a theme. And we say it all the time on social media. So to the next uh, post, um, let me see. It says people spend so much time trying to be more physically attractive. And, and, and yeah, this is outside. Like, take, take the money aspect out of it. We in, we in this age of the looks right now, you know what I'm saying? The women getting the BBLs and all this other stuff. <laughs> So this post says uh, people spend so much time trying to be more physically attractive to find love that they forget the importance of being mentally attractive. Educate yourself, address your reoccurring toxic thoughts, deal with your insecurities and learn to be happy on your own. That's attractive. I mean, I agree with the post. Like I've been saying, (laughs) you get all these instances where social media is basically breeding people or programming people to think that the only thing that's important is how much money you have, what car you driving, what job you got, what vacations you going on, all the happy moments, all the highlight reels of lives. Excuse me. Excuse me. Burp number three and four. Um, Yeah. And you got all these women going out here getting surgeries whether on their face the body whatever in order to get attention to get likes to get attraction to get a man it's like all all day every day on social media all you see is women competing trying to compete with each other with the selfies with the body pictures and all that other stuff it's like it's almost you can go you can go through social media and be a person of substance, whether man or woman, and go to a person's page and and outright know whether 
you even want to have anything to do with the person. Like if a person, like if I'm going around looking at people's pages, women's pages, and I'm saying all she got on there is booty pictures and selfies and stuff. That's really that's not the type of girl I'm I'm aiming for. You know what I'm saying? Woman I'm aiming for. It may look good. It may physically stimulate me, but me being the person I am, that that ain't really where I'm at. I want to see what you're about for real. You know what I'm saying? What type of hobbies you got? What type of things you into? And I understand not all people post that stuff on their their social media. You know what I'm saying? Social media is an outlet for a lot of people where they they just do certain things. I understand that, but you you will get a certain vibe from a person's page and the things that they post. Like if a person just posting selfies and booty pictures and stuff yeah it may look good for the moment and stimulate me physically but that ain't really the type of girl i'm trying to woman i'm trying to rock with you know what i'm saying because i'm i'm into a lot of things you know what i'm saying i'm into knowledge of self knowledge period experiencing new things i'm into just i'm just into a lot of things you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh documentaries and ex you know what i'm saying uh I'm all for learning new things and just into a lot of things, politics, uh, uh, advocacy for mental health and all that other stuff, advocacy for my my black people and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that won't necessarily overall appeal to me as a whole. It just only going to touch a certain thing. And then you have certain, you know what I'm saying, woman that's into a lot of things. And if she go to a guy's page and just see he only posting about his his outfits and his shoes or what money he got and what car he got and all that other stuff, I'm sure that won't really stimulate her as well. You know what I'm saying? It It's just a certain crowd that need more mental and emotional stimulation as opposed to physical, financial, and materialism. So, yeah. This next post uh, is a three-parter to this post. Uh, It's a black woman. She posted this. She starts off uh, saying, Money-shaming men is disgusting because the pressure on men to have bare money It's so dangerous, especially for black men, whereby a lot of them make their whole identity centered off of making money. This pressure then leads to thinking making legitimate money is not the way. It's sad. The quality of a man is so much more than what he is making. People are so shallow, it's sickening. A man could make bare money and treat you like absolute shit. And a man could make a bit less and have the best character. Personally, a man's character is what matters to me because money comes and goes, but a genuine character is rare. And that's what I'm talking about. Um, like I mentioned it on the last episode, it's difficult out here being a man on how to approach a woman and stuff like that, and certain aspects of trying to court a woman or, or dating a woman because of how society and how social media has amplified this thing where men have to make a certain amount of money. They have to be the breadwinner and all this other stuff. And 
And when I'm talking about dating, I ain't talking about just, you know what I'm saying, new dating. Even when you in a relationship, you know what I'm saying, the the whole goal or the ideal, and even in the marriage, you should be still dating. So dating just is in the 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 court the first courtship of meeting someone and getting to know someone is even when you're in a relationship or partnership <laughs> or you know what I'm saying you married you know what I'm saying you still should be doing the dating game but yeah it's difficult out here for a lot of guys you know what I'm saying um and if you getting caught up into what goes on in the celebrity world and stuff like that, and even the social media influencers, self-proclaimed or not, or whatever, but it's difficult to be a man, particularly a black male, because of just even going deeper, We have we automatically have this uh, tension between black women and black men and this constant struggle of shit. I don't even know how to how to phrase it. Um, This constant struggle and tug of war back and forth between us of, of, you know, what I'm saying like. I will always go back to this. It started back with the Lily, the Willie Lynch syndrome. That's what it basically is. Them using black women to emasculate and down the black man, the system of white supremacy or whatever you want to call it. But getting away from the deeper aspect of it and talking about just the surface level of things it's difficult because all from from my experience from what i've seen and stuff and what everybody see on social media let's not act like this is something that is invisible if it ain't about the money (laughs) If it ain't about the money, there really ain't too much conversation or dating or getting to know somebody if it ain't about the money. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. And and it's not all not all women. It's not all black women because it's, I've come across and know plenty of black women and women, period, that don't think that way. But the majority of it is that way. And we can't discount the fact that that majority doesn't influence the minority in certain moments. And it really does. This is a part of why a lot of black men have these mental health struggles, whether they've been diagnosed with a mental illness or not. Money plays a big part of it. Money. Black men worried about whether they can be the head of a household. They make enough money to be able to look appealing, et cetera, et cetera. We about to get into this next clip. 
And this next clip is coming from Kevin Samuels. And the last time I did a series of an episode was actually about Kevin Samuels. It was a four-part series. And it was called Trigger Warning. Trigger Warning, part one, two, three, and four. <laughs> and a lot of it was based around things that Kevin Samuels talked about. I don't agree with everything that Kevin Samuels says, but I agree with... Um, I agree with pretty much a lot of the things. Well, I ain't going to say a lot of the things. I agree with some of the things he says. But some of the things I I don't agree with. And just because Kevin Samuels is popular and he has experience in giving people advice and stuff like that. And he, he would tell you that he comes from a marketing background. So a lot of the takes that he gives is based off of marketing. So... That's a lot of societal stuff, you know what I'm saying? That marketing, marketing businesses, marketing yourselves in order to be appealing. Not necessarily to be authentic, but to be appealing. So let me pull this clip up and then we're going to get into it. But you don't want to put the work in. You don't want to you don't want to build the resume. You don't want to actually have it where it counts to have the real leverage. You want her to respect your masculinity and your manhood because you have a penis and an XY chromosome. It don't work that way. Women respect resources. You can't check a bitch because you got nothing check. You got nothing to check with. The only place you dominate is in the bedroom. Dominate on the balance sheet. Dominate on your wallet, which is your accomplishments. Any woman that you deal, choose to deal with, her money should be no good with you if you're a 100% man. You pay everything. Why? Because it keeps her in her feminine when she's with you. I don't give a shit. The women I deal with, they know I don't care what you do when you're not. Yeah, so that was the clip. And I understand what he's saying based off of what I just talked about, how society is today. So if you want to be marketable in the dating scene you gotta come to the table as a black man as a man making money based off of how society is today i get that but i don't agree with it i don't and that goes back to the post that before this when it was talking about you know the a man's character and his personality and stuff like that how far can you get in a relationship or a partnership? And that's why I say it is so important about using the terms relationship and partnership. Because if you're in a relationship, yeah, all you care about, like I said on last episode, is the individual aspect of what's going on. We're just relating. We're in a relationship. All I care about is what I can get from you or what fulfills me. What desires I can can fulfill, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, if I'm only concerned about relating and being in a relationship, that's all that's going to matter to me, what I can get. What I can get from you as a man, speaking as a man right now, if I can get some ass or if I can get, you know what I'm saying, if she fine as hell and I can say that I knocked that down or I hit that 
or I can show you off on social media or whatever, this is the fine Jonah I got right here, then yeah. Or if, if my ego is that, if I'm so fueled and I live through and according to my ego, then all I care about is how I look to everybody else, whether it be money, cars, or the woman that's on my arm. So that means I ain't even concerned about having just, you know what I'm saying, one woman. I may have this woman on my arm to show off, but I'm still jumping out there in other relationships with other women, relating to other women in order to make me feel good about myself, stroking that ego. But if you're in a partnership, you ain't concerned about how much money that person is making. As long as you see that the person is able to keep an income, hold down a job, take care of himself physically, mentally, emotionally, and able to support you, want to work with you, build you up, et cetera, et cetera, then that's a partnership. So paying paying for everything don't doesn't mean nothing. Because if we're in a partnership together, my money is your money. Your money is my money. We just enjoy each and every moment that we have together. But relating and in a relationship, you just concerned about what you can get next. And how it's going to look to somebody else. Moving along, another clip. Okay, so there's been like a lot of talk about this whole high value men and women thing, right? Nobody wants somebody who's broke, right? You can't pay a bill. You can't go out to eat. You can't travel because you don't have a check coming in. Nobody wants that. But for men who are financially stable, they go towards women who more so bring them peace. That matters to them. Who brings them peace, who's sweet, who's kind, who's funny, you know, who's happy, who's healed within. They don't want bitches. Sorry, they don't want bitches. <laughs> For me, I've dated guys with money. I've dated guys who are considered rich, right? They've been treated well. But the majority of them, they're not going to spoil you. They're not going to think of you. They're not even going to respect you. You know, it'd be the guys who might not be considered rich, but have their stuff straight. Who's going to think of you? Who's going to do the sweetest things for you? Treat you well. You know, they bring great energy. You know, they have good character. That's what matters the most. Someone who thinks of me. You know, that's, that's important to me. Someone who thinks of me. So... You heard the clip, right? Base <laughs> she basically said what I just said. So, based off of her experiences, the guys with money, the rich guys, and all that other stuff, they ain't really, they wasn't really concerned about her. They weren't really thinking about her or anything. They, you know what I'm saying? It was just another notch on their belt. Just like when going, um, Last episode when I was talking about uh, that high earning, the high earning woman clip and how the guy said that the the woman said, you know, what I'm saying she got her degree. She got her her job. She got the money and all the house and all that. Now it's time for her to find a man. It That's just all about the next notch on the belt, the next possession, the next label, the next thing you can show off. But when you actually, excuse me, when you actually focus and being intentional about being in a partnership 
And based off of the, this clip, how she said, the man who is financially stable, who holding it down individually, and then you come together, he's going to be focused on taking care of you, focus on paying attention to you. It's, it's beyond money at that point. You know what I'm saying? Wh- whatever what he's doing, building her up, supporting her in her dreams, you know what I'm saying? All of that. Spending quality time, and I'm saying quality time, not quantity time. Quality time. There's a difference. There's a difference between relating relationships and being in a partnership and having a partner. There's just a difference. So what are you choosing? What am I choosing? You know what I'm saying? Am I focused on performing and showing off for everybody else or I'm actually wanting to be fulfilled in life? Next clip. For a man, a man's standards is three things. Feed us, fuck us, shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you if Got you to, beautiful, yeah, yeah, if you yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Look, bro, a man with money don't care about a woman's money. No. You see what I'm saying? No. Money only matters to a woman. We are only, but we only are. I just had a thought. So going back to that last video, like I make good money. I ain't rich, but I take care of myself. I have my own townhouse. I got a car, got a job. You know what I'm saying? I'm intelligent. I'm good looking. I'm a good package. I ain't rich though. (laughs) But I'm still appealing, right? And I know I'm appealing based off of how I'm received or how other people, how women react towards me or, um, I'll just yeah, how women react towards me, how they receive me and stuff like that. Like I and I'm saying all of that to say that you know what I'm saying, that's not it's not all women that just jump into worrying about money and stuff like that. You know, and I've been in my townhouse for what like is 10 years. So, I have elevated in that 10 years as far financially. I'll just keep it on the financial tip. And from this video, this clip that I'm just playing now and how he's saying that rich men don't care about how much money a woman making. I agree with that. And then going back to the other clip from the the woman when she was saying how rich men aren't attentive. You see, there's uh, two different viewpoints there. But I agree with both of the viewpoints. But those are different viewpoints. Different viewpoints based off of a woman 
and based off of a man. And that woman, she was talking about her experiences dating the rich man. This dude, I don't know if he's rich or not. So I can't necessarily sit there and say that a rich man actually just doesn't care. You know what I'm saying? But based off of hearing other people's experiences, I can see how a rich man can just want control over a woman and stuff like that. And he's not really necessarily paying attention to her. But I have seen instances where rich men actually are making the most money in the relationship or the partnership or whatever and actually have being attentive. So you you seeing right now that everybody has different experiences. So you really can't necessarily base your viewpoint, your perspective, your perception of things off of other people's experiences because everybody has different experiences. Everybody has different lenses. Everybody has seen and experienced different things. But we do know that there are multiple different gray areas to this topic this ain't this ain't just black and white so let me finish this clip loved for what we can provide uh-huh. you see what i'm saying yeah when you young you might find a boo who who don't care about what you got she just think you oh he he looks good you know what i'm saying uh-huh. when, when, when a woman start finding herself she don't the only thing she cares about what you can provide. We only we are only love unconditionally for what we can provide. In the words of Mike Tyson, she never loved you like your mother loved you. Never. She only loved you for her survival. Your mama loved, loved you, you for, for your, your survival. survival. Yeah, so that was the end of the clip. And like I say, it's different perspectives. It's different perspectives based off of people's ex different experiences but what we do know is is that (laughs) there's totally there's just more to all of this than just black and white situations so you have plenty of men out here that will sit here and say that Women are just gold diggers or they just want money and stuff like that. And a lot of that is projection from them just seeing all this stuff on social media, movies, videos, or hearing it from somebody else and not really having any outside experience based off of what somebody is telling them or what they've seen. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times, a lot of these viewpoints... I'm trying to clean up some of this ash that fell on me. A lot of these viewpoints are projections. And this when it comes down to actually, you know, what I'm saying when I talk about being an individual and, you know, I'm saying critically thinking and stuff like that, because you can get so caught up into a narrative of all women are gold diggers or, you know, I'm saying all men are cheaters or, you know, I'm saying all men are emotionally unavailable and stuff like that. And get so caught up into it that it will shape your your perception of men or women. And 
you will never naturally or authentically find the right person for you. Men and women, we do so much forcing. We fall so much into fear and anxiety and stuff that we don't let things naturally happen. We don't authentically have natural relationships because we're so focused on trying to meet societal goals. And like I said last episode, from the way that we've been taught or programmed, how we see relationships is it's just supposed to be about marriage and having kids. Outside of that, we haven't been taught anything. Like I said last episode, we've been duped. <laughs> we've been bamboozled. Hoodwinked. <laughs> we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock land on... <laughs> You know, you see what I'm saying? Like a lot of our ways of thinking aren't natural. They aren't authentic to our individual selves. You know what I'm saying? We get so caught up into narratives and agendas of somebody else that we aren't really having a true experience of what we came here for. And that's one of the one of the ills of social media. I came across this post and it says I don't know if Waka Flocka wrote it, but he posted it. And it says social media got everyone feeling like they got so many options. Pay attention to the people who love, value and hold you down in real life. The internet might make it look like there's plenty of fish in the sea. But most of it ain't worth catching. I promise you. And that's what I'm talking about. Like social media, dating, dating sites, dating apps, movies, your good, good girlfriends, your homeboys, your mother, father, aunties, uncles and all that other stuff can sway you in a way and project their experiences on you or their fears and anxieties to the point where. They making it seem like, well, let me just go back to the post and social media. Social media make it seem like there's so many people out here that is worthy of your time. Worthy of you taking a chance on and stuff like that. But a lot of a lot of the people on social media are just in this one little group of all doing the same damn thing or trying to do the same damn thing. You have people trying to achieve what they see a social media influencer has achieved or a reality TV star or a celebrity or whatever. Like I say with this podcast, like I'm not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to get famous with the podcast. I genuinely enjoy doing the podcast, speaking and stuff like that. And honestly, it's therapeutic for me. It helps me to work through my social anxiety, helps build, you know what I'm saying, build my confidence and maintain my confidence to be 
to be able to, you know, speak my truths, you know what I'm saying, my experiences, my opinions and stuff like that without worrying about what other people think. Would it be nice to get something from the podcast? Of course. I ain't concerned about no uh um popularity or celebrity. But the goal is to, you know what I'm saying, I ain't going to say it's necessarily the goal, but it would be nice to to be to be able to f- get some financial gain from doing the podcast. But that ain't my motivation for doing it. It never was my motivation for doing it. Even when I started with the uh, Unproductive and Unapologetic podcast, which takes me to follow you, A-N-D-U underscore network on Instagram. And follow each and every podcast that's a part of the UNU Network. Unprocessed Knowledge. Taste to Consider Podcast. Three Stars, Two Bars. Separate the Two Podcast. Reservation for Three. And Code Sheen Podcast. All the podcasts on the UNU Network. But yeah. Here's another post. It says only men can love a woman with no money, no house or no car. Only a man can love a woman and expect nothing in return. Women can't do that. A woman, a woman's love comes with conditions. You must have this and that. Excuse me. A man just wants peace. Only thing women love unconditionally is their kids. And... (laughs) I don't agree with that because I've I've seen plenty of women be jealous of their daughters, resent their daughters and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. But this is what I'm talking about with people's perceptions based off of their experiences. You know what I'm saying? But in my experience, I agree with some of it. Yeah, it's a lot of women out here that is. Well, let me say this. In my experience, yeah, it's I've never heard a man talk about where she got to be making this certain amount of money in order for for me to uh, date her and all this other stuff. But I have seen that from a lot, (laughs) a lot from women. But this just goes along with what I've been saying about, you know, what I'm saying the mindset of people and how things go in this divide and this tension and tug of war between each other. You know what I'm saying? We, and this is a, what's this, a black dude? Oh, no, this is a, this is a woman. It's a black woman that uh, wrote this. But this is what I'm saying. Like, some of us know and and see this going on. And then you have that other side that just, don't see it and they don't care. They just solely focused on what they can get, you know what I'm saying, and how they can gain from somebody else or whatever. But this is out here, you know what I'm saying? This is what the dating game is, and particularly in the black community, because for some reason we are slaves to money, materialistic stuff. We are slaves to it. I mean, it's just, it just it is what it is. <laughs> Moving along, let me see. Let me see. Um, yeah, 
I think this is the last. Yeah. <laughs> this post, man. Let me take a puff. I swear with certain cigars, like from what what they say when you smoke cigars, you got to do like two puffs. You got to two puffs every hour or so to keep the cigar going. And some cigars are just just aren't good cigars, so they won't they won't hold that that burn or whatever. So you gotta keep relighting them. And this one started off good, like I didn't have to worry about you know um, relighting it. But as it has gone along and it's got it's gotten uh, lower, I had to keep relighting it, and that goes to like. If it's a good cigar or not, or if it's been um, in a good humidor or not, and stuff like that. So I've had to relight this cigar a few times since it's gone down. But yeah. Okay, this next post. A black woman wrote it. She says, I hope my next boyfriend brings out the best version of me. I don't want to cuss, I don't want to raise my voice. I don't want to be angry. I just want peace and happiness. <laughs> and I'm never picking those sides in in this in this game of men and women. Never picking those sides. I can only speak from my experiences. And from my experiences, this is typically what women women <laughs> I'm not surprised by this being a woman saying this. It's a lot of women out here that that aren't self-aware and don't take accountability for their role in things. I mean, honestly, it just it this is based off of my experiences. And in the dating game, this is what you're going to find. A lot of women not being accountable for themselves and thinking that a man is supposed to be. supposed to be their superman supposed to be in control of everything even their feelings and their reactions and stuff and that just ain't that is just totally wrong it this is a classic example of a woman who is not accountable i do understand that you dating somebody relating to somebody being in a relationship to somebody having a partner or being in a partnership with somebody that you can have a certain reaction to all different type of people you can have a different reaction to all different type of people solely based on everybody supposed to be an individual and having different personalities and stuff, ways of thinking and all that. So, yeah. But you can't blame or hold somebody to your peace, your happiness, and what version of you supposed to be. You are in, we are all in control of our individual selves. I, I get it. I get it. I, I I totally understand what she's saying. I get it. When 
I was dealing with depression and that was partly my way of thinking, thinking that somebody's supposed to make me happy. Um, they pissing me off and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? That was my way of thinking. But as me, you know what I'm saying, going to therapy and growing and evolving, I'm in charge of myself. Nobody can piss me off. Nobody can make me angry. I'm solely in control of that. Solely in control of that. If somebody ain't doing me right, if somebody ain't doing this and somebody ain't doing that, somebody's rubbing me wrong or whatever, I'm the one that make that choice of whether I want to be be there or not or if I'm going to deal with it or not. This is a classic example of that bullshit. <laughs> no accountability. And I see it a lot with women. I understand that you can deal with somebody and excuse me. You can deal with somebody and and not necessarily um you can still be stuck in certain mental um stuck in places mentally based off of trauma that you've gone through like in your childhood or something like that. And we we all have certain triggers and stuff like that if certain things that we haven't worked on or certain things that we we are working on or whatever because healing does never stop healing growing ever evolving doesn't stop it goes on from the day you're born to the day that you die you know what i'm saying so you will all somebody will always trigger you or bring something back up or whatever but it's all about you know what I'm saying, where you are mentally and emotionally in handling those situations. So if you in a, a relationship or a partnership with somebody and you've been getting to know that person, really getting to know that person, so you understand certain things about them. And if that person is being vulnerable with you, so you know certain aspects of their their childhood or their trauma the things that they've gone through through or whatever so when those things come up you're easily the being the person on the outside you can work with the person as far as getting through those those mental hurdles or those emotional hurdles but if you have a person who is solely not self-aware and not accountable at all and don't know how to be vulnerable and doesn't try to be vulnerable and just always pointing the finger at you always doing the blame game then it's going to be a difficult <laughs> it's going to be a bumpy road if you choose to stay there and that's what this is all about this is about choices and you can't sit here and like i said last episode and this kills me about people people will sit here and just talk bad about somebody leave somebody, ghost somebody, all that, without having a conversation with them. You ain't, you have not once been vulnerable in this in this getting to know period and relating in this relationship and this partnership or whatever. And and I will assume that if you actually in the mind frame of being in a partnership and having 
or wanting or having a partner that you've graduated to that that mental and emotional level where you're able to, you know what I'm saying, that you're actually being vulnerable and you actually in this in that mode of working together. So I'm gonna stop using that term partnership in this aspect. I'm I'm gonna just stick with the relating and relationship part of it with people just um focusing on the individual aspects of things so if you ain't being vulnerable you're not a you're not communicating and nothing like that and you just solely just sitting here and just holding that other person to everything that has to do with you then you the problem (laughs) you are the problem you ain't got no accountability you ain't got no self-awareness nothing because i'd be damned if somebody sit here and say they coming to me talking about some they looking they they asking me or they looking for me to bring out the best version of you will i support you if we're in a partnership or whatever will i support you will i affirm you will i be there for you no listen to you and all that yeah but you ain't gonna come to me talking about some i'm supposed to do this and that for you like i've seen this either even in friendship relationships where I knew guys or whatever that um, I was hanging out with that look at it like, you know what I'm saying? If I get a job, I got to get you a job and all that other stuff. Or if if I'm if I'm having this successful moment, I got to bring you along with me or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And you not doing nothing for your damn self. <laughs> like, come on now. Come on. That That is a huge red flag. Um, let me see. But yeah, like I said, like if 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 you if you come into the table and you looking for somebody to to solely give you one hundred percent of themselves in order to make you one hundred percent, yeah, that ain't that ain't a good look. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say that, you know what I'm saying? If you in a partnership that you play a role both both partners play a role in in both sides i get that you know what i'm saying because you'll have reactions to things or you know what i'm saying um it's just all based off of like when i was last episode when i was talking about like um intentions like if you actually get to know somebody, you being vulnerable with them, um, you communicating with them and stuff like that, even when they do something that kind of rubs you the wrong way or triggers you or something like that, you pretty much know this person because y'all have been communicating, y'all have been working together, y'all have been being vulnerable with each other. So you understand the person's intentions. You get it. You know what I'm saying? You understand that they this person may have went through something in their past and stuff like that. So you can work through these things as long as the other person is willing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's just all about being self-aware and being accountable for yourself. <laughs> oh, man. I came across this... Uh, it got to do with the last post, but this this post says it says overall it's women ongoing protest against accountability that creates problems with men. Women refuse to look at themselves realistically. 
They refuse to own the behavior. They are dedicated to being victims and they love their baggage because it's convenient to bring up their baggage when anything goes wrong. And like I said, I'm not sitting here trying to play no sides, but from my experience, this is true. And a lot of the reason why I think this is true is because this is the narrative that has been pushed throughout history. It's always convenient. It's always this narrative out here that, you know what I'm saying, men don't have feelings. Excuse me. Excuse me. Men don't have feelings. They aren't in touch with their feminine side. That our feelings don't matter. So the only person's feelings that matter in this game is a woman's feelings. And then, like I said, you have your good, good girlfriends, you have your mom, you have your auntie projecting all of their shit on you from the day that you was born all on up. <laughs> so then you you already programmed to think or to look and to see a man in this way. And you never got a chance to really come up with your own ideas, your own feelings and your own experiences of how you should actually feel about it. You're feeling somebody else's feelings. This is what, that breaking the cycle or passing down trauma or passing down toxic shit is. That shit is just passed down. <laughs> yeah, we hit the two-hour mark. I'm pretty much finished, so I'm just going to go ahead and end it here. We'll be back for Dating Games Part 3. This was just Part 2. I still got more, I still got more posts. I still got more clips <laughs> left. But yeah, <laughs> the dating games. Yes. So I end every episode all with a song. And I'm going to end it off with this song by Kevin Ross called Sweet Release. A new song I came across this week. I'm really sitting here like squirming because I got to go use the bathroom. <laughs> and I... Doing the pregame part, I had my taste, and I had my water as well. So usually I would just run and take a bathroom break and pause the recording, but I was like, nah, I'm going to hold off because I don't even want to do that extra editing this time. So I made it to the end, so I'm going to play this song, and we're going to get up out of here. This song is once again Kevin Ross' Sweet Release. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver. Just sit back and let it play, yeah. yeah. You know, drive is underway, yeah. Curbside fine, yeah. Read between the lines, got pennies for your thoughts, pay millions for your mind, yeah. That's what you like, baby. Pass and reply. Girl, you got the light, diamonds dancing tonight And it's feeling like we on a vibe Trying to turn the day into a lucky night You know I love it when we kissing right Say stick and sit the podcast like a 45 With the dash on coach, you know anything 
I hope you got your sweet release out there. Taste to consider podcast. Yes, indeed. Let's go. You can catch me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, and YouTube. The podcast of many tastes. Let's go. <laughs> 